You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the uncollapsible Caleb Coy. Caleb, how are you? What does that even mean? <laughs> it means exactly what it says. Fair enough. Uh, as we were discussing just before joining, I'm, I'm having problems with my, with my eyes, um, namely in that I have glasses that are now broken. Um, but I've just experimented for the first time with ordering glasses on the internet, as uh, people sometimes do. Uh, and in two to three weeks, uh, I won't have bare metal digging into the sides of my head anymore. That's excellent. Who did yeah. you uh, order from? Uh, I opted to give Zenny a try. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I looked at a, looked at a, a few of them. Uh, one of the popular websites just made me angry. Uh, another was uh, just too much hipster bullshit for me. And Zenny comes uh, fairly highly recommended from a, a few trusted sources. So now, now, when you say one of the most popular websites just made you angry, was that a glasses website or just one of the most popular websites on the internet? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm excited to see your new Zenny optical glasses when they show up. I went uh, with a, a completely different style that I've never worn before. Ooh, uh, do, I, do I get to do it? Can you tell me what it is, or do I have to wait for a, a surprise? We can cut gonna, it out of the podcast. You're going to have to wait. Oh, man, I can't wait. Um, actually, they kind of look like yours, like in like overall shape. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So I'm, fan, I'm a fan of that, if you didn't know. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. figured you probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode of Left of the Dial is not sponsored by Zenny Optical. But it could be. But it could be. Please sponsor me. Like, this is a fucking nightmare needing glasses when it's not safe to go anywhere. So yeah. please, please sponsor us. Yeah, I could use new glasses, too. This pair I'm wearing is about three years old, so it's probably about time to update that situation. Uh, let I, me ask you this, Caleb. Yeah. I usually order mine through Warby Parker. Uh, who I'm, I'm very happy with. I've always enjoyed the glasses I got from them. But the problem I've had with Warby Parker is they refuse to fill a prescription that's older than a year. So I have to go get a new prescription every time I need new glasses. Oh. And my prescription hasn't changed in years. So uh, did Zenny Optical let you use an old prescription? It didn't even ask me when the prescription was from. I could have actually just made up a prescription and it would have been fine. Uh, oh, like you didn't have to uh, like uh, upload a, a thing. You just like typed in your stuff. Yep. Yep. Didn't have to verify anything. Now, mind you, my prescription does change fairly frequently. Uh, and realistically, when it's safe to do so, I am going to get an actual eye exam and probably uh, update that. But uh, I need something now and my current yeah. prescription is good enough. Uh, so, yeah, it allowed me just to, to type it in. I, we did have to do a little uh, measuring because I don't know what my uh, your pupil distance pu is. pupillary distance is. So uh, we took an old pair of glasses that doesn't work anymore, and we put dots on it and measured that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, but uh, there, there was, it, it was not a completely painless process, but it, it was close enough. Once I once I found my prescription hidden away in a file folder somewhere, uh, and we figured out my pupillary distance. Well, the good news is with Warby Parker, uh, they keep your prescription on file in your account, even though you can't use it. So I can just grab mine from there, <laughs> there and go. pop on over to Zenny Optical <laughs> and uh, get myself some glasses. Excellent. I, I definitely recommend that. Yeah, I, I needed to get a new pair probably about a month ago when they started developing cracks in the uh, the rubber at the 
at the ends, mm-hmm. uh, and I could tell that it was going to to come off eventually. Uh, and then within the last couple of days, the metal just like split right out at the end and was 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 poking me. If you can get your hands on some heat shrink tubing, that would be a really quick and easy fix. It, it won't look nice, but it'll at least feel better than bare metal on your head. Ellen actually recommended one of those like old infomercial things where they had the, the like it's like I think it's the flex grip whatever where they would dip the hammer in and like it instantly had this like rubberized grip. Uh, she's like, we could just get that. That <laughs> could like, also work. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll double my offer. <laughs> I remember all those like what what that infomercial we were always riffing on back at the Apple Store was. Uh, uh, there was Kaboom. Kaboom! That's the one. Get some Kaboom. Clean those fucking glasses off. Do you, do you know that I bought Kaboom once and was severely disappointed with how poor its cleaning power actually is? Did um, that happen at Whiskey Outpost? Because I it, feel like I remember that. I Yeah, probably. Because that would have been the time when I would have thought, like, you know what I need in my life? Kaboom. Clean that shit up with Kaboom. Anyway, as you, the listener, have almost certainly guessed by now, this is a music podcast. <laughs> And uh, we are here this week with a record by uh, one of my all-time favorite bands. And you know that that's true because I have a tattoo of their little logo symbol dealy that they use. It's true. Uh, I've seen it. You have seen it. A lot of people have because it's on my arm. It's not like it's a secret. <laughs> um, it's a but, hidden so arm you, tattoo. It's a hidden arm tattoo. I guess it's if I wear long sleeves all the time, which I'd never do because even when I do it, I roll them up because I hate yeah. Anything on my lower arms just makes me angry. Sleeves. What's that about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Strike Anywhere, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, They released a new record a week ago today called Frontier Glitch. Uh, I did not even know this was coming. In fact, last week when Caleb and I were talking about what to do this week, I had proposed an entirely different record and then got on Twitter and someone had, had tweeted about the new Strike Anywhere record. And I was like, how did I not know about that? Yeah, so, so I, I I didn't know it was coming, which is which is weird because you'd think that I, a person with a strike anywhere tattoo, would know when Strike Anywhere is putting out a record, but apparently here in 2020, that's just not how it works. Well, I mean, it could be that you didn't know that it was coming out because you didn't know the title was actually Nightmare of the West. That's probably it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I was doing some uh, some reading up on this earlier, as I want to try to do uh, to be like to sound somewhat prepared and competent. Uh, and it turns out this was actually announced like earlier this year, uh, and just kind of like like I I didn't hear anything about it either, and just like boom, here it is, July, mid July. Um, but it was a record that they've been working on for a while now, at least since late last year back when touring and playing shows were a thing. We'll get into a bit as we go, but uh, there's uh, there's an interview that I read with uh, Thomas from Strike Anywhere where he uh, talks about how the writing process began for this record and like some of the places that they were when uh, when it started to come together. Yeah, I, you know, I think this is probably a... Uh, it didn't really get a lot of uh, attention or, uh, or promotion uh, before it came out, at least... you know from what i saw just because uh you know this is their first release their first studio release in 11 years which is fucking wild which is wild and they haven't really been touring much lately although i have seen them a few times in the past uh couple of years which has been great but they've been kind of a little dormant but it's a nice surprise in fact i remember thinking about a month ago 
a little uh, more than like six weeks ago now when all the protests really started ramping up. Uh, I remember thinking like, huh, it's probably about time for a new strike anywhere record, isn't it? And then here we go. So yeah, apparently my calls they, have been answered. They were uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary of their first record too. So like, that's a hell of a milestone year for uh, a punk band. Like the band turns 20 and you're putting out brand new music. Uh, I, I guess I would say again rather than still, but yeah. I mean, it's all semantics at this point. Yeah. Uh, and kind of in a, a similar way to when we talked about the Run the Jewels record, how like every track feels like it could have been written yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this record is the same way, even though, again, they, they were writing this late last year, uh, maybe into early this year. I don't know when it was actually recorded, uh, but like every track hits as though it's like very, very current and very, very relevant, which I guess uh, I'm going to lose some a little bit of punk cred in that like I've never really listened to Strike Anywhere, so I don't know a lot of their music, but my understanding of them is that this is pretty much how they roll like this record isn't isn't a standout thing in uh in like timeliness or lyric writing or like the uh, message of it no this is this is very uh par for the course uh strike anywhere and i don't mean that in a bad way but this is very much what you get with a strike anywhere record it's loud it's fast it's melodic it's catchy and it's political yeah and they've that's pretty much what they've been uh for the last 20 years um now there, th- this uh, album is a little bit of an outlier in that there's a uh, one song on here that's not all that political and is more of a personal jam, and that's kind of rare for them. And we'll talk about that. But first, we should probably talk about the song you heard roughly 10 minutes ago when we started this podcast. <laughs> uh, and that is the the single from, from the, uh, I guess this is actually an EP. It's only got seven songs, only 20 minutes. But uh, yeah. the, the single from the EP, which is uh, Frontier Glitch what you heard coming in yeah and the uh this actually is where the the title of the record uh nightmares of the west comes from it's from the lyrics of this song hence uh, my confusion earlier it's, yeah which i mean it's very easy to, to make that confusion uh but it's from a line uh where he explicitly states and i'm gonna find it. here we go the state of the world is nightmares of the west you're a soldier and you just want to live to see home, but there's war in our country too and blind billionaires between me and you. Uh, so that hits. So I'll, I'll reference this in the show notes. This is from uh, the site Brooklyn Vegan, uh, which, side note, which I found hilarious. Uh, I kept getting a McDonald's pop-up on the uh, Brooklyn <laughs> oh <my> Vegan <laughs> site. Uh, Thomas Barnett, That's interesting. Uh, in this uh, in this interview, says uh, "Frontier Glitch" is where the title for this record was found. The shortest and most ferocious of the songs on the record. It's about the lifelong project of trying to decouple yourself from the runaway train of imperialism, exceptionalism, and all the mass psychosis that comes with dishonest histories, fake victories, and the death cult of nationalism. That's a mouthful, but it it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says it's a song about peace, and the only way to get it is to find our power to shut down the nations, the economies on our backs, and the borders across our bodies. It's for a general strike in the face of the state monopoly on violence to get free from the shadows of monuments to history's criminals and finally choose a loving and honest landscape for our future. Uh, now, if that sounds a little uh, a little wordy, a little verbose, the whole interview is like that. So if mm-hmm. you're not familiar with Thomas Barnett, which I wasn't, propel yourself for that. But he makes some great points. Uh, I will say that is very on par for Thomas Barnett as well. In fact, uh, 
I can very uh, easily imagine him in between songs uh, saying that bit that starts out with it's a song about and just saying that whole wordy bit, yeah. <laughs> trying to catch his breath, you know, like, it, but like getting charged up for the song, uh, uh, you know, like that's just very on brand for him, um, which is awesome. I mean, he's he's been, you know, that's who he's been for at least the last 20 years. I'm <laughs> sure probably more. Actually, I definitely know more because he was in uh, a band called Inquisition before this uh, that uh, was also extremely good. Uh, in the Richmond area, which featured uh, uh, Rob Huddleston of Amberetta as well in that. Oh, band. interesting. Yeah. So I would highly recommend checking out Inquisition if you like Strike Anywhere. It's uh, very similar, but we're not here to talk about Inquisition. We're here to talk about Strike Anywhere and this That's record, true. which is uh, very good. Another thing that I will feature in the uh, the show notes uh, is there's a they made a video for this song, uh, and that video actually is composed uh, primarily of protest footage from this year. So if you've followed along with what's happened in Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle and all around the world in New York City uh, and uh, elsewhere, uh, you're going to recognize a lot of this footage. And that hit me really hard because I spent a lot of time watching this footage as it was happening and then seeing it again in the context of this song uh, just kind of brought it back to life again. Yeah, so I, I mentioned that uh, this is kind of a, a new experience for me, uh, having not not really listened to Strike Anywhere before, which, again, kind of feels weird knowing that you had the two, the tattoo and knowing that like a bunch of our friends were into this band. I'd, I'd, I don't know why I never got into it. It's fine. It's, it's in the our past. Fr- our friend Bear also has a Strike Anywhere tattoo. So that's, that's true. at least two of your friends that have, have one. Uh, also, if you're listening, hi, Bear. Fun fact. Um, for the longest time, I just assumed that that was somehow related to Pitchfork just because of the shape. Uh, you know what? I have had that question a few different times. <laughs> uh, but there is a, a track that uh, I thought was kind of interesting, both uh, as the, you know, the, the lyrics of it and uh, the inspiration behind it. Uh, and that's Dress the Wounds.
And as I was listening to it, uh, he makes the uh, and makes the line, uh, "Will not go quietly into the night." Uh, which in my head, I immediately was like, <laughs> Independence Day. Uh, but of course, that is a, a poem from uh, Dylan Thomas, the um, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night, I think it's called. Uh, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. Uh, but it's, it's a fairly popular uh, poem that uh, is referenced frequently. Rage ranged against the dying of the light. Do not go gentle into that good night. Um, and uh, I think that that was really interesting to uh, to use in a punk song, uh, and again, still like super appropriate in the, the context of, uh, modern day politics and, uh, current events and like the idea that like, you know, we, we need to fight, we need to fight back and we can't just let things go peacefully. Uh, and so I, I fucking love that. He says, uh, we won't go gentle into that good night, a peace we live in the heart of the fight rage against the dying of the light. Uh, so really, really cool. But the other thing that I really like about this is this is kind of in part how this record got started. Uh, he says in that interview, so some of my bandmates had children and they'd be with their kids just playing guitar to soothe them, just to hang out and be a parent. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, and they'd record little riffs and their kids would just kind of vocalize, not really sing, but just kind of coo and cry or whatever they do in the background. And then they'd send me these things almost like, Hey man, what's up? Nothing formal, nothing like, let's do songs. Just like, check this out. So Dress the Wounds was actually like a duet based on this iPhone recording with me and my bandmate's son. It was just the strangest, most beautiful thing. Like he was doing the little things that later became the oohs and ahs in that song. So I love that in some ways this record was born out of uh, like a little kid just kind of singing along to his daddy playing guitar. (laughs) That's incredibly cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that like really stuck with me as I was digging into the story of this record uh, was like, how does a band like Strike Anywhere come out of nowhere after eleven years uh, and be still so like incredibly relevant? Uh, and it's these little things like this that just kind of built on top of each other, that where they didn't try to like we need to make a comeback and we need to like really speak about like these current protests. Like it was just like, what are we feeling right now? What do we need to say? Like, what do we still have uh, in our hearts that needs to be spoken? So this record rips. Yeah, it does. It, it really does. And there's not, this is one of those records where like musically, there's not all that much to talk about because, you know, while the music is, is fantastic it's not really all that stand out on its own. You know, it's really just kind of a platform for the lyrics yeah, uh, and the message. Uh, and also just, you know, very energetic for live shows, which is great. Short, um, fast punk songs, big guitars, fast drums. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about this is I did absolutely love the overall like richness of the sound. Like I feel like it was produced really well. Uh, yes. And that's, that, that's important for me with a record like this. Like the songs could be, phenomenal and have so much energy and the lyrics should be incredible but like if it sounds like garbage i'm going to turn it off and walk away uh and this was the opposite of garbage yeah no the production on this is is amazing i couldn't find out where they recorded it or who produced it but uh the the production's extremely good uh as it has been for their last few records the the earlier stuff can get a little iffy it's still good but not quite this full uh but uh yeah it's just if you like loud, fast, punchy drums and, you know, thick guitars and fast, 
chord progressions. Yeah, you know what punk rock sounds like. It sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm interested in your research. Did you happen to come across uh, anything about their logo and what it means and where it comes from? I didn't get that deep into the history of the band themselves. Uh, I was really trying to focus more on uh, what was specific to this record. Well, would you like me to tell you about the logo? I would love to hear about that. Because I think you'll dig it. Uh, I believe you. I think you'll you'll be really into it. So, so it's a take on the, uh, the Three Arrows logo uh, in the anti-fascist circle that was originally adopted by the Iron Front in Germany, which was the, uh, the Social Democratic Party of Germany's uh, like anti-fascist movement uh, hmm. against the Nazis. Uh, so the design of the three arrows on an angle like that is actually literally designed to be painted over a swastika. Neat. Uh, yeah. So uh, if there was any question about where this band's politics stand, I think that answers it for you pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, r- right there. Uh, they have... Uh, been using anti-fascist imagery for 20 years as a band and uh boy do we need it today yeah no that's awesome god i don't don't know if this uh is relevant to the podcast or not but i I saw a meme of principal skinner uh with a a maga hat on saying am i the fascist no it's the anti-fascists who are fascist Oh, that's that's got to be in the podcast and in the show notes. Okay, <laughs> let's see if I can. I'll make a note to find that. Oh, that's extremely good. I love find that. The Skinner um, anti-fascist meme. As cool as the logo is, uh, it's not as cool as the music. It actually might be, but the music <laughs> is also uh, the music is also pretty cool. And uh, the song I want to talk about here before we go into the break is the bells. Uh, this song stuck out to me specifically um, for the uh, kind of, the, I guess it's the chorus. I don't know. Uh, but the, the bit towards the end with, you know, no one, rem- no one forgets, no one remembers till the monuments fall. Yeah. Uh, very relevant for the past Absolutely. six weeks, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, this, this was a standout track for me for sure. I just, yeah. I'm- like musically, like the opener caught me right off the right off the bat. Like that, like had my attention. Uh, but then, like digging into it, this track is about their hometown of Richmond uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, and it, like you said, the the part about uh, no notices until the monuments fall um, is super relevant to the point where, again, in that article, he starts talking about like you know we wrote about this months ago, but like who knows? Like when this comes out in July, like. Maybe they'll like maybe they'll be down already, uh, and so like the idea that you know these guys have been you know putting out the the call and like standing behind the idea of tearing down uh, monuments to the Confederacy to racism and oppression in America like that's really cool to see, uh, and again to to hear it now as those statues have been coming down all around the country, uh, and to remember that you know this was months ago uh, that. Yeah, this was put to paper. I don't know that I have anything else to say about this song other than it's just so good. Now, I, th- I think it's it's really interesting to hear this take from uh, you know people who grew up in the in the South in the, the former Confederacy and have grown to understand like how fucked up that was and how fucked up it continues to be. Uh, the amount of support that that 
failed movement has. Uh, and like, it always makes me really heartened to hear people from like an area that, that has one of those monuments to say, nah, shit, that's got to come down. And for those of you keeping score, uh, Strike Anywhere has been a band four times longer than the Confederacy has existed. So Fuck yes, <laughs> tear it down. So Strike Anywhere is it is at least four times better than the Confederacy. <laughs> so <laughs> at least. <laughs> yes, I, I would dare say even more. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, no one has declared war on Strike Anywhere yet that we know of. It's, <laughs> it might be coming. <laughs> things are getting weird out there but hey why don't we uh why don't we have a, a listen there to uh to the bells and uh we'll take a break here from our sponsors this week and when we come back we'll be talking about more tracks off of the album whose name i can't seem to get right nightmares of the west yes you got stay it. tuned Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. I'm your host, an SC1 actual, Caleb. I'm your host, an XO, Kitsy. I'm your host, Andrea, and I don't know what any of that means. Welcome to set condition one, a 
Battlestar Galactica fancast. Each week, we revisit, and I watch for the first time, the 2004 sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. Whether you're the commander of a soon-to-be decommissioned battleship, or unexpectedly promoted to president of the 12 colonies, join us as we make our way through the Battlestar Galactica universe, one episode at a time. I still don't know what you're talking about. Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio production. New episodes every week at Condition one throughout the podcast.com. Now that I understand. to left of the dial i am still kitsy and unlike the confederacy caleb is still uncollapsible i am still here still standing don't need to rise again when you never fell uh my glasses are still broken though which that is, is a bummer uh, that is definitely a bummer uh i mean at least they work at least i can i can actually put them on my face and use them yeah i just gotta that's be true real. Of, of all the parts of your glasses to break that's probably the best one yeah, because at least be... the lenses are still intact and still work. Because that would suck. If those I fidget, I fidget with them a lot though, uh, and so I got to be real careful not to like stab myself in the eye with them or something. Oh, like, please don't like do first that. thing in the morning, going to put them on. I got to remember that there's no guards. That, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a rough couple of weeks, Kitsy. You're gonna get that eye patch uh, <laughs> sooner, sooner rather than later if you're not careful. I'll be just like Kansas. Um, oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that guy. Um, so if you want to hear more about the guy from Kansas with an eye patch, 
Uh, you can go listen to our past episode. I believe that was with uh, Zoe from Kississippi that we talked about that. Yes. Uh, and you can hear that episode and uh, more of our episodes and episodes from some other shows that we're uh, involved with over on nightshiftradio.com. Isn't that right, Caleb? That is true. And of course, if you uh, if you like any of what you hear, give it a subscribe because uh, most of our shows, four out of five, are weekly. Uh, so you want to make sure you're getting that new new fresh content in your pod box every week. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sticking with pod box. That's, that's my thing now. Pod box is good. I like it. Uh, and four out of our five shows are, uh, are weekly as Caleb said, and most of them are pretty good. So <laughs> most of them are somewhat listenable. Yeah. Most of them are <laughs> technically podcasts. <laughs> Here's our new tagline left of the dial. It's technically a podcast. <laughs> of and, uh, all the podcasts I listen to, this is one of them. This is one of them. And of course, if you're new to the podcast joining us this week and you've made it this far, uh, extra special thanks to you. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to our, our little corner of the audio internet world where we goof off and talk about records. Yeah. 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 Speaking of records. Speaking of records, we just uh, came back in on the track Imperium of Waste from Nightmare of the West, the brand new, uh, as of July 17th, uh, brand new record from Strike Anywhere. Uh, again, if you, if you somehow missed the first half, which that's not how podcasts work, but if you're just joining us, uh, this is well, Strike Anywhere's first record from, in, in 11 years. Well, not Caleb, hold on. Hold on. Well, there's well, there. I can think of several situations where someone might only hear the second half of the podcast. Are you going to name any of them? I was waiting for you to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Caleb. Yes, I am going to name them. Uh, well, for one, maybe uh, maybe maybe don't do this now because you know pandemic and you shouldn't be going near people. But uh, you know, if you get in your buddy's car and they're listening to uh, to our podcast and you got in right after the ad break, you wouldn't have heard the first half. That is and, very convenient timing. But yeah, yeah, and you probably wouldn't ask them to start the podcast over. <laughs> I almost did that to my brother once because uh, you oh, know, listen no, to this without me. Now you got to start over. Because <laughs> who wants to listen to the first half of a podcast twice in a row? I know I don't. <laughs> Uh, you know, you could you could put the podcast on and then uh, accidentally fall asleep and wake back up uh, after you heard the incredible ad that we had this week. Um, <laughs> it was a good one. It was a great one. Uh, I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about the several reasons someone might uh, just hear the, the second half of the podcast. But realistically, we should be talking about Imperium of Waste. Yeah, that's probably a better topic. Let's talk about Imperium of Waste, Caleb. Mm. Uh and I have some questions for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you choose to pimp what could be left in your heart to the annihilation of love and change in time? Hmm. I didn't. Well, but you could have. Do you, do you ask yourself in dreams and in the dying hours of working days, what does the system want from me? Well, to answer that question, I'd like to ask you a series of other questions. Hmm. Where's the reason? Where's the liberty? Do we tie ourselves to this game of fear or our false idea of power? This is one of those places where they got it wrong. It's out of fear. Yeah, you're right. It's, I, I hate that. Like so many times people transcribe lyrics and they'll like leave off a word or like they'll uh, like a, a, a word that gets like drawn out. 
into like a whoa is just replaced with an O. And I'm like, that's just wrong. And if you try to edit a single lyric, Genius is like, you haven't made any changes. I'm like, fuck, I haven't. This is really important. There's another uh, incorrect lyric and documentary that we'll talk about soon. Yeah. (sighs) And that one makes me real mad because it's. Anyway, fired up. Anyway, uh, wrong lyrics aside, uh, this song's a jam. It really is. It really is. And I just, I get, like, listening through this record, it's so short. Like we said, it's 20 minutes long, uh, and it's just hit after hit after hit. But, like, you think at some point it's going to be like, oh, okay, like, here we go. Here's another. But, like, it just keeps on delivering these, like, these songs that, like, one of the first notes I took was like, what a hell of a time for this record to release when you can't go out and rage to it. Right. <laughs> and like, this is one of those songs where like I can picture being at a show and raging to this jam. Yeah. Like I, th- this is, this has always been one of those bands where, you know, the way I want to experience these songs is in the front row at a crowded club with my fist in the air, screaming the words along with everybody else. Uh, that is the only uh, in my mind, the, well, I shouldn't say the only, but that is, the, in my mind, the best way to experience Strike Anywhere. Uh, of course, in my mind, I picture a very similar scenario, except I'm in the back of the room, uh, preferably with some place to sit or at least lean comfortably uh, and possibly a glass of water, because at this point, I'm very thirsty. Uh, <laughs> I will say that uh, that's definitely my nostalgia talking for the Strike Anywhere <laughs> yes. uh, of 11 years ago that put out their last record. Uh Today, I probably would not be up front uh, as, as well, because I am quite old, as it, as it turns out. Um, but, uh, oh boy, 11 years ago, I've been right up there. There's a track on here that uh, stands out for a different reason. Uh, it's one that uh, I, like, again, it caught my attention right away, and I loved it start to finish. Uh, and then as I was digging into it, I, I kept seeing references to uh, this being a cover, and that's the track opener.
Uh, and as I, I dug into it a little bit more, and it's mentioned again in that uh, interview, uh, this is a cover by a band called Blocko uh, that I wasn't familiar with. And they chose to, to cover this song uh, in memory of uh, Mark Maitland from that band who has passed recently. Uh, and I thought that that was a really great uh, tribute to someone else from the scene. But the track also fits really fucking well with the rest of the record, musically and lyrically. And I thought, like, I would never have known it was a cover if you didn't tell me. And that that's really cool. So I also would never have known it was a cover if you, Caleb, did not tell me just now. I did not even know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like it fits so well. It's seamless. And then I actually did go back and listen to the original, uh, which, again, I'll, I'll link in the, the show notes. I, I found a um, just basic like audio only uh, music video for it on, on YouTube. Uh, and this cover is very, very close to the original. Like the production value is better on this, but. Uh, execution-wise, they they nail it. Nice. Yeah, you know, I, that, that explains a lot because uh, of this being a cover, because I was, the first thing that stood out to me was uh, Thomas doesn't typically write, you know, introspective lyrics. Um, so that this one really stuck out to me because of that. You know, his, his are more, you know, observational, state-of-the-world kind of, uh, you know, political things. Yeah. And uh, to turn the focus inward, I think, was was something that we don't see uh, you know, often from this band and, uh, yeah, the fact that it's a cover kind of makes that, uh, make a little more sense, but, uh, you know, it's, it's also not so out of left field that, you know, I recognized it was a cover. It was like, you know, you could, if you told me that they wrote this, I would have believed you. Yeah. It, it, it stands out as being a really great song. It doesn't stand out as like, Oh, this this is weird. It doesn't fit in with the rest of the, the tracks. And like, I've, I've definitely seen that before where a band will cover uh, another song and they'll do it really well, but like, it just is so glaringly obvious that it's not theirs mm-hmm. that like it kind of, it's a little bit of a sore thumb on the record. Uh, and this is absolutely not that. Uh, and I love the lines where he says, why should this head have power for the world to see? I spoke to hear my worst enemy. My worst enemy was me. And like, like you said, it's a very introspective, uh, very thoughtful song. And so like, I guess I'm going to have to check out more about that band. Yeah. Maybe we'll do uh, one of their records on an upcoming episode. You never know you until never you know. do. And then you do know. And then you do. Yeah. Well, uh, we have now officially been talking about this record for twice as much time as it takes to listen to the whole thing front to back, which is kind of funny to say, but it, it occurs to me that we actually do talk about records longer than they are most of the time because uh, most records are not an hour long. So that, That's true. So this isn't uh, really any different, but I don't know, for some reason, the fact that we've been blabbing for 40 minutes uh, for a record that's uh, only 20 minutes long is kind of... Uh, <laughs> says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really great record. And one of the, the things that, um, if I haven't said it outright yet, uh, one of the things I hope that I've kind of conveyed is the cohesiveness. Uh, and I love that that's, uh, that's something that they really set out to do. Uh, again, uh, Thomas says, uh, we started to get that big picture of the record, the idea that all of these songs kind of grouped together and made something more than the sum of its parts, if that doesn't sound too pretentious. Uh, they have a call and response with, you, with each other within the record, you know, like they're related. There's a narrative, there's an energy, there's like a big song that all the songs make up from beginning to end. 
Uh, all of those were his words. I didn't make anything up in there. Uh, but it, it's true. Like it, it, these tracks all f- worked together, and they really saw the opportunity. To like, okay, we've got seven songs. They feel right together. We're just going to put these out there. We're still writing. He talks about you know, there's still more that we have to say, and maybe we'll do this again. Like if we have a group of songs that feel right together, maybe we'll just do another EP. And I think that that's kind of a a neat approach. Like rather than trying to fill a record, like just releasing these tracks when they feel right together. It's it's really neat. Yeah. I mean, as, as a music fan, I would almost certainly rather hear an EP of killer songs versus a record. That's like half killer songs and half filler. Yeah. You know, um, now, by all means, if you've got a whole record of killer songs, put that shit out and let me listen to it. Yes. Uh, uh, if you have an, uh, a record of all filler songs, uh, I don't, start I don't know. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so the last song we're going to talk about today uh, is the song Documentary. But before we do, I do want to call out that uh, we have talked about all but the last song on this record. We make the road by walking and we didn't exclude that song for any reason other than just time. Uh, it's a great song as well. And it just, it feels like normally we don't cover every song on a record uh, unless it's like an EP of like, you know, you know, five songs or less. And, uh, it feels really like normally it's okay. Like there's like a bunch of songs we don't get to and that's fine. But for some reason for me, like the fact that we only didn't do one song, makes me feel like we're excluding it like purposefully like fuck that song in particular uh <laughs> no but like it's it's a really great ending to the to the track and they kind of have this like it goes out on like this noise but like it still is a very like kind of cohesive feel uh and um just, I, I love uh the the lyrics going out like hit it when the lights are gone stand united we're all the ones on the outside yeah so definitely listen to that song uh after you listen to all the other ones without us talking in between them yeah Uh, but thank you for listening to us talk in between them for now and uh indulging us in our little weekly podcast here but uh but yeah we're gonna talk about documentary here to wrap up uh this week's episode of left of the dial and there's two things i want to call out um, first is the, uh, the incorrect lyric on geniuslyrics.com. No, sorry. Just genius.com. Yes. Uh, the, the incorrect lyric here in the, in the second, uh, second little verse here, uh, they have written now you die for postmodern consent. And there's two things I hate about this line, uh, as it's written here on genius.com. And that is first, the spacing is very inconsistent between the words. Like there's a couple extra spaces in there for some reason. And that makes me angry. Um, Fair. It should. It does. Uh, and then the fact that they said consent when very clearly you can hear on the record, he says content. And then two lines later rhymes it with document. So why would you go with consent over content and document? I guess. <laughs> One of the things that stood out to me about this track is that I think it's the first time I've heard mention of the Apple store in a punk song. Yeah, uh, it very well may be. Uh, typically, you don't hear about the Apple store in punk songs. Um, 
Uh, is this the voice of America Station, Stolen Land Beyond Border Wars, Propaganda Plantations, Oil and Blood at the Apple Store? Uh, which, uh, sadly, I have seen both, but not in the context he's referring to. Uh, I have also seen both, <laughs> and not in the context that he's referring to. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Caleb and I both used to work at the Apple Store. And uh, let me tell you, it can be a gross place. It, Yeah. <laughs> Don't yep. ever, don't ever get into IT. Like, don't ever try to fix computers, especially other people's, because it's just fucking yeah. gross. Yeah, you like, you would not believe what's inside other people's computers. No. <laughs> oh, I've seen some shit, man. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so the other night, uh, I was listening to this record while I was making dinner, and uh, that line came up when I was like, I kind of stopped. I was like, did he just say Apple Store? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? Uh, I think one of the, like, the most important lines on this entire record uh, is when, uh, in the, the call and response of this, when he says, we can become more than this. Yes. Uh, if, if you take nothing else away from a record like this, uh, other than the optimism and the hope and the like, the call to action of we can become more to this, like that is so important because uh, not only can we, but we have to. Mm-hmm. We have to become more than than uh, what we have been. Like what our, our foundation as a as a country as a people has been, uh, and be better to and for each other. Absolutely. You know, and in that uh, in that call and response at the end, uh, we can become more than this. There's also the lines. We deserve to fight for everyone, for all that we've lost, for all that we are. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Some well-written stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, that you recommended this. I am, too. Uh, I'm glad that they released it. And I, I'm also glad I didn't know about it because it was just a nice little surprise last week for me to get like, oh, there's a new Strike Anywhere record. That's cool. I just love the night that you're like, oh, uh, hey, uh, Strike Anywhere just released a new record. So we're doing that instead. I'm like, yeah. oh, OK, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's OK. We'll get to what we were going to do this week uh, in t- two weeks, probably, because I'm guessing you're going to pick next week because that's how we do it now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Unless you want to do that one. I don't care. Whatever. You know, we'll talk about this later. Right now we have a podcast to finish. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's finish that podcast. Let's uh, finish that podcast. Yeah, Caleb, uh, where can we find you on on the line? Uh, if you want to find me on the line, uh, you can find me on social media, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at Caleb Micah. Uh, and depending on how quickly you, you look, you might still find me talking about my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to shut up about them. Uh, and, of course, if you want to uh, learn more about the rest of our, our shows in the Night Shift Radio Network, as we mentioned earlier, you can go over to uh, nightshiftradio.com slash shows and uh, keep an eye out for, for more and more content from that. We've got uh, uh, some, some cool stuff in the works for you. Uh, but, Kitsy, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at HeyKitsy. I swear. I mean, hey, Kitsy. <laughs> the fuck just happened <laughs> i was still looking at the lyrics to this song that threw just... me off real hard huh? <laughs> <laughs> like that... now i don't know what to do it's just like the song just got me fired up 
I yeah, it's a great song. I just I thought we were done talking about it. We were doing our outro. And I have we have this whole rhythm of our outro now, and now you just fucked it all up, and now I don't know where I am. We gotta start over. Hey Kitsy. Hey Caleb. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you can also find us at leftofthedial.fm where you can hear this episode and all of our past episodes and get links to everything that we've talked about and probably a few things we haven't because I think last week I edited something out of the podcast that you put in the show notes. So that was fun. Oh, neat. Uh, I'll let you figure <laughs> out what that was. <laughs> it's fine. If uh, Hey, if you're listening and you know, tweet at us. Let us know what it was. Yeah. That'll be a fun um, little trivia. Uh, and my challenge from last week still stands. Uh, the first person to give us a rating on iTunes uh, or Apple podcast rather now, because iTunes, I guess, is gone. Uh, first person to give us a, uh, uh, a good rating on a good rating on uh, <laughs> Apple podcast uh, and sends us a screenshot. I will buy you a $20 Bandcamp gift card to say thank you. So uh, do that, please. Uh, speaking of social media, you can find us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at left of the dial PC. The PC, uh, does in fact stand for podcast. Uh, if, uh, if you're familiar with Ted Leo, he will tell you it stands for personal computer and he would be wrong. I would think that he would be too busy listening to this fucking dope ass record this week to be continuing to spread that lie, but I guess not. He has it out for us. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, so, uh, yeah, once again, this week, our one-sided feud with Ted Leo continues. <laughs> uh, I think we did it all. Did we do, did we do all the things? Yeah, we, we covered it. Okay. We did the things. Uh, we're going to hear documentary from strike anywhere off of the new EP nightmare of the West. Uh, thank you. Wait, no, hold on. That's not how I do it. Uh, I have, Oh, this has been, there we go. Now I found it. This has been left of the dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.
tear it down!